0: Done this morning, Mike, Patrick, I want to thank you for uh, all that you do for our congregation. And it's great to see the faithful men of the congregation step up, right? Preside over the Lord's Supper, and Patrick did a fine job, and Mike with his prayer, and Chuck with our singing. And it's as I often say, you know, the church, we need faithful fathers. Amen? Amen? And I want to say happy Father's Day to all those who are fathers that are with us here today. And as one inver- uh, one individual uh, mentioned this morning, I'm not a father, but I have a couple dogs. I uh, said, so, well, happy Father's Day to you too, brother. And so, you know, we think about Father's Day. And as we think about Father's Day, it kind of reminds me of a couple illustrations that I've used uh, in the past, and so see if you guys remember. But kind of, you know, who here has kids, right? And a lot of us have kids. And how many times as, an, as a parent can you give Good advice to your children, and it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other, right? And then, like, literally, a friend of the family member, a friend of the family, a church member, somebody else could give the same advice, and they'd be like, I I see what you're saying. It's like (laughs) I literally said the same thing. And yet you you didn't hear it. And it reminds me of this little illustration about this 14-year-old boy who just couldn't stand to be around his dad. And he couldn't stand to be around his dad because he just thought, at fourteen, how dumb his dad was, and it just nothing made nothing he said made sense. But when the boy turned about twenty-one, he was amazed how much the old man learned in seven years. Doesn't life have a way, as we mature, have a have a have a, a way of uh, allowing us to see how much we really didn't know and the mistakes and the bad choices that we've made when we were younger? It makes me think of this other illustration where these three boys were talking about their dads. And the one boy, he says, well, my dad's the best. And, he said, and they said, oh, yeah, well, why is that? He says, well, my dad, you know, he, he's a poet, and he writes poems. And he gives them to different people, and they'll pay him $100 for the poem. And the second young man said, well, that, that's pretty good. He goes, he says, but, you know, my dad does something very similar, but he doesn't really write poems. He writes songs. Every song he writes, he gets a 1000 bucks for it. And then the third boy said, "Wow, that's pretty good, too." He says, "But I got, I got you guys beat. My dad's a preacher. He writes a few pieces of words on a, on, a, on a piece of paper. He calls it a sermon. It takes six to eight men to collect all the money people want to give them. <laughs> and so we think, about, we think about Father's Day, right? We think about these illustrations. and as we all kidding aside, there is a great need in our world today. For faithful fathers. There is a great need in our world today for fathers to do and to perform the God-given tasks that they have been given. Notice that I I use the term God-given tasks. And when we think about God-given tasks, society doesn't get to define what a godly man or a good dad looks like. Doesn't that job belong to God? And if that job belongs to God, then that means that God has a moral standard. God has let us know how we need to conduct ourselves as godly men and fathers and husbands. He lets mothers know how they are to conduct themselves as faithful godly women and mothers. And so the job belongs to God and God alone when he is the one who dictates what a good person is, what a good father is, what a good disciple is, and who is faithful. Too many families have gone away from God's standards And as we go further and further away from God's standards, it's one of the reasons why the church is as weak as it is in so many places across across the country. Because we're seeing how God is removed from the home. We're We're seeing the consequences of removing God from our everyday lives from removing God from the home, from finding the the necessity and seeing the necessity to to study God's word, to open it up, to, to see what God has to say about the troubles that I'm going through. Instead, we tend to lean on friends and family members who are more worldly than they are godly, and then they give us worldly advice. Isn't there a way that seems right unto man, as I often say, but in the end it leads to death? Why does God give us that instruction? Because we know that the righteousness of God is foolishness to men. And so as we study out this morning, and we look at fathers, we look at mothers to a certain extent, and we look at how important it is, fathers have a, an important duty to perform. Because fathers are the reason, uh, are, are one of the disciplinarians in the home. And if you're a father and you're not a disciplinary in the home, Then we need to have a conversation after this lesson because God has given us the lead in the home. He has given us the lead in the church. And mothers and fathers perform different tasks. One of the reasons why we're seeing so much of our youth in today's society that are involved in drugs, they're involved in premarital sex, they're involved in a whole host of other sinful activities, is because too many fathers are not taking an active role in the physical, emotional, and spiritual development of their children. We're seeing that throughout society. And it's time that we as fathers and grandfathers realize the awesome responsibility that we have About raising our children, raising up our grandchildren, instilling in them the values that we have learned, instilling them the life experiences that we have uh, picked up along the way. Brethren, it's time that fathers and grandfathers do more than just play ball with their children. It's time we get back to raising them up in the Lord by disciplining them and raising them in the Lord. Many in society, brethren, today contradict the Bible's teachings. Amen? I mean, we, as, a, as, as a culture, as a society, as a nation, haven't we been going further and further away from God for generations now? And we're seeing the, the cumulative effects of removing God from the home, removing God from society, removing God from schools. And we're seeing the downfall of all these things. There are many that claim that fathers are no longer needed in the home. Did you know that right now we have over 18 and a half million homes in America that are fatherless? 18 and half million homes that are fatherless in this country. And the statistics don't lie. Children need both their father and mother in the home. Because we know that mothers, they nurture, they comfort, and they cherish. But fathers play an important role as well. Fathers balance things out with discipline, with order, with grit. And so we need both our mothers and our fathers in our home in order to have a godly home, in order to function the way that God had designed the home to function. Because it's God's design to have both the father and mother in the home, and because God has created man to leave his mother and father, to cleave to his wife, and they're to have a special relationship where they have a dual function, and they both provide a service in the home for the fulfillment of God's plan. Because when we think about God's plan for the home, it's to have both faithful mothers and faithful fathers leading their children in the Lord. By disciplining them in the Lord and raising them up in the love of the Lord. Brethren, in order to have a strong church, in order to have a strong society, we need to instill into our hearts and the minds of our children the actually love of God. You guys remember Abraham? He was a faithful father. I think of the first passage of scripture on the screen behind me. In Genesis chapter 18 and verse 19. Notice what the scriptures say. For I have chosen him, Abraham, so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord. By doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham all that he has spoken about, uh, about him. You think about the father in the spiritual, as the spiritual leader of the home. He is to impart spiritual truths to his children so that they may learn to do God's ways. They may learn according to God's standards, according to God's will. That is the point of Genesis 18 and 19, that God gave Abraham this responsibility to lead his household in righteousness and justice and to do all things to the glory of God. Amen. He is to apply justice and he is to apply righteousness in the home. When children have no father in the home, they will lack some of the sense of justice and some of the sense of righteousness. Because many times in a single parent home, the the parent that is home has to work so much that all of a sudden, who's raising the children? Who's, who's instilling justice and discipline and righteousness into their hearts and minds? Many times they're being more influenced by those of worldliness, those in society, and you're seeing the downfall of the home and culture in American society. Brethren, faithful fathers are crucial to the success of the home, and faithful fathers are crucial to the success of the church. You think about the success of the home, you think about the success of the church, it's only possible if you have faithful fathers, faithful fathers who are faithful to the Lord first and foremost, faithful to their wives, and faithful to their children, in that order. Because you have to have God as prioritized in your life in order to then be the husband that your wife needs, to be the father that your children need. And so the Lord gives mothers and fathers plenty of instruction as to how we are to raise our children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, that you see on the screen behind me, the apostle uh, Paul wrote to the people of Ephesus. He said, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but do what? Bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Well, isn't that the same thing that God had said to Abraham back in Genesis chapter 18 and verse 19? Slightly different verbiage, but the message is the same. Fathers have a God-given role to build up their families. And we raise up our kids in the Lord by training them, by nurturing them, and by admonishing them. Brothers and sisters, numerous studies show that fathers who are faithful have faithful families. Are there exceptions to every rule? Absolutely. But in the world today, many men have rebelled against God's plan for the leadership in the home, and many men have rebelled against God's plan for leadership in the church. And there was an article on Fox News this past week, and it was talking about the 18 and a half million uh, uh, children in the 18 and a half million homes that are fatherless. Did you know that right now in America that we lead the world in fatherless homes? With all of our knowledge, with all of our resources, with all of our wealth, with all of our education, we lead the world in fatherless homes. Has anybody here watched the local or national news recently? How are we doing? I mean, aren't we, see, aren't we seeing skyrocketing crime rates? Aren't we seeing skyrocketing juvenile and adult incarceration? Aren't we seeing skyrocketing sexual immorality? The lack of respect for authority? The disdain for all that is the rule of law? We're seeing those things because of the brokenness of our nation. And it begins because of God being removed from the home, God being removed from society. Now each and every individual is doing what is right in their own eyes. Anybody here read the book of Judges? Isn't that what was happening in the book of Judges? Anybody here uh, go over and study out the divided kingdom when they were all doing what was right in their own eyes? In the, in the end, we know that God tells us there is a way that seems right unto man, but in the end, that leads to death. Not just physical death, but a spiritual death. Like I said, numerous studies show that the father who is faithful will raise up a faithful family. There's exceptions to every rule, but brethren, we know that we must not be just individuals who have a verbal faith, but a, a, an active faith, a faith that shows the works It shows the love that we have for God in our home. Brethren, many men have rebelled, as I said, against God's plan for the home and God's plan for the church. And it all points back to the broken homes that we are seeing in American society. I can't speak for the rest of the world, but I can speak for here in this nation. We are at a crossroads. We are at a very crossroads and a very dangerous time in this nation. As more and more Americans no longer identify with Christianity. Just a couple generations ago, 87% of the country would have identified with some form of Christianity, whether denominational or the Lord's Church. But they, we allow the, the, the will of God, we allow the law of God to penetrate our society. That's what American society was founded on, Judeo-Christian principles. And yet now, there's less than 50% of Americans identify with Jesus Christ. Identify with the church of Jesus Christ. And as we think about that, it points back to the brokenness of the homes. For we are no longer God-fearing. We are no longer uh, put God on the pinnacle of our lives. And we're seeing the destruction of society as you watch the local news. Rather, in children who grow up with regular interaction, regular reprimand, regular influence from godly mothers and fathers, uh, they will grow up to, 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 to have a huge, make a huge difference, not only in society, but also in the church. Brethren, we need more mothers and fathers who are faithful to the Lord, who are doing their part and doing it to the, to the glory of the Father. As we think about this information here this morning, as Christians' fathers... We must have an obvious relationship with God. And I would ask each of us here this morning, is our relationship with God obvious to our wives? Is it obvious to our children? Is it obvious to our friends? Is it obvious to our coworkers? Or do our family members see somebody that is totally different on uh, Monday through Saturday than they are when they put on the dress clothes and come to worship on Sunday? Are our families seeing somebody who's different around their friends than they are around Christian brothers and sisters? You see, we need to make sure that we are living out our faith. And it must be more than a verbal belief. Our faith must be seen and heard in love by those who uh, that are regularly in our lives. I think about uh, another passage of Scripture in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6. And the Apostle Paul said, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor Or uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love availeth much. It reminds me of what James has to say in James chapter 1 and verse 25. But the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not uh, uh, having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Brothers and sisters, the, the point is simple here this morning. Your wife, your children, your relatives, your friends, your coworkers, they need to see that your Christian values are, are, are not just something that you verbalize, but they need to see you by your works and your deeds. You need to talk to talk, but you also need to walk the walk. And that is what faithful fathers do. Faithful fathers aren't afraid to talk to others about God, about Christ and the Bible. It's just so infuriating to me. I've met so many Christians, whether in the Lord's Church or those who consider themselves Christians outside of the Lord's Church, and they refuse to have conversations about God, about Christ, about the Bible. How can you call yourself a Christian and are not even willing to have a conversation about the Lord and his word? I mean, how ludicrous is that? And yet we now are having and seeing that right now in Christian homes, there are, the, the, the amount of knowledge that is in the home is weaker now than it was in the 50s and 60s. Weaker now than it was in the last generation. Why is that? Because we're slowly but surely slipping away from the Lord and no longer prioritizing God in the home. No longer prioritizing God in culture, in society. And so we're seeing the breakdown of American culture, the breakdown of American society. You see it every time you turn on the national and the local news. And so, brethren, we are in desperate need of faithful fathers Faithful mothers who are willing to step up and do all that God asks them to do. How do we know if we're a faithful father, a faithful mother? Well, you remember in Matthew, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33, it said to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the things that you have need of will be added unto you. Brethren, as Christian fathers and mothers, we know if we are seeking the kingdom of God, if we don't allow worldly activities to, to have precedence over worship, how many how many people Christian families uh, call themselves Christians, and yet they allow worldly events and activities to take precedence over their faith, precedence over worship, precedence over Bible study, and just fill in the blank, brethren. Because fathers uh, are to be faithful, and they are to be the leaders of their home, the spiritual leaders of the home, we need to set a spiritual agenda. And not set aside the things of the church. Not set aside worship and Bible studies in order so our kids could play in some, uh, some sporting events. They could have dance recitals. They could do all the different things. How can I be the spiritual leader of my home when I set aside God in order to do the events and the activities of the world? You see, brethren, it all begins and ends with us. You heard me say that recently. Faithful Christian fathers will put the needs of others also before their own. I think about this next passage of scripture that the Apostle Paul wrote to the people of Philippi. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3 and 4 it says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceits, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but look out for the interest of others as well. You know, you look at this passage of scripture, and we know that as Christian fathers, as Christian mothers, we must know the Bible, that we must talk to our children about the scriptures, that we must attend worship services regularly, attend Bible school. Why is it that most congregations, don't we have kind of like a a 50% rule, that 50% of the congregation that comes for worship won't, won't stay for Bible study? Why is it that the auditorium is packed here this morning, but for Bible study we have to sit all the way in the back because we only need about six, seven pews? I I don't mean to call anybody out or step on anybody's toes. That's just the truth. Why is it that on Sunday night only a handful of people come back? Why is it on Wednesday only half of the congregation comes? I know there are times where work gets in the way, But is it just work or is it all the other worldly activities that take precedence over your faith? That take precedence over your responsibility to God and to the church? Brethren, we must attend services regularly. Why? Because it makes me think of what the Hebrew writer had to say. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, remember what it said. Not forsaking our, the assembling of ourselves together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging each other all the more as you see the day drawing near. I can't really, I find it hard to be, uh, for, to tell my children how faithful we are and when we set aside the, 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 the church services, we set aside Bible studies, we set aside our responsibility to God in order to do worldly activities. But then when they want to do otherworldly activities that you don't necessarily want to do, we say, no, we got to go to worship. What message does that send to our children? And so, brethren, we look at these things here this morning. And I, I and I'm firm on this stuff this morning because we're seeing the destruction of the home in this country. We're witnessing the destruction of the church in this country. Who here grew up in the church? Raise your hands. How many of you see the congregations? From the time you grew up in the church to 2022 as churches and congregations that are flourishing, that are seeing unprecedented growth, or are we seeing congregations that are closing the doors regularly? Are we seeing that the congregations are getting smaller and smaller and smaller? Why is that? Because we're we're starting to allow the world to take the place of our faith. Brethren, Christian fathers should be participating in activities of the congregation. Christian fathers need to participate in Sunday school and worship services, as we've seen here this morning. We need to have more Christian fathers that are stepping up and willing to and have the desire to become deacons and elders if they meet those qualifications. By doing all of these things, we set the spiritual agenda and we set the spiritual tone for our homes. As I said earlier, brethren, we are to be the leaders in the church. And we are to be the leaders in the church. But we can't do that if we don't prioritize God and set a spiritual agenda for our families. And as faithful Christians, brethren, we must, 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 must love our wives as Christ loved the church. I think of Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25 through 29 on the screen behind me. It says, husbands are to love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. It says in verse 26, "...so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, that he might present himself to church in all her glory, having no spot, no wrinkle, or any such thing, but that she should be holy and blameless." It goes on in verse 28 and 29, and it says, "...so husbands also ought to love your own wives as their own bodies." For he who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one loves, for no one has ever hated his own flesh, but but he nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ has also done to the church, brothers and sisters. Before we close this lesson down, I want to touch on a couple more things, because in reality. We are seeing another breakdown in Christian homes where Christian men are not valuing, loving, nurturing, cherishing their wives as God has called us to do. And then if we're not doing that to our wives, we're not doing that to our children. The relationship between the Christian men and their wives is what sets the tone for the family. And will be the lens in which your sons and your daughters look at future relationships. And so how does your son see you treating your, their mother? How does your daughter see you treating their mother? Christian fathers must praise their wives on a regular basis. We must not only just praise our wives and to teach their sons to how, how we are to treat, how we are to talk to women, but we are to show our daughters what a godly, good Christian man looks like. So hopefully she can then also seek somebody out that is going to treat her As her father had treated her. Husbands should always be kind, loving, patient, as well as gentle to their wives and their children. Brethren, that is why the Apostle Paul said in Colossians chapter 3 and 19 that husbands are to love your wives and not to be bitter towards them. We see something similar, as I already read in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, with men dealing with their children. Brethren, when it comes to our children, the best way is to lead by our Christian example, is it not? We are to lead by example. A Christian father provides for his children, and that is something that we do through our work and through the effort that we put in in order to teach them, in order to nourish them, in order to teach them about righteousness and justice. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8 tells us in Scripture, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he is denied the faith and he's worse than an unbeliever. Because as Christian fathers, we need to make sure that we are providing for our children, providing for our families. And fathers, we also must train up the children. We train up the children in the Lord to live out their faith just as they see from their faithful fathers. Are the children in the home today seeing their fathers just speak about God or are they seeing them live out their faith? You see, brethren, these are the things that we need to do to reverse the trend that we're seeing in this nation. Because we are to be the leaders of the home. We are to be the leaders in these congregations. And so, are they seeing hypocrites in the home? Or are they seeing faithful men of God? Only you and your family can answer that question. But I would hope that each and everybody here today is is setting the example, the ultimate example, as to how their sons and daughters are to to look at their, their mothers and their fathers as either being faithful or being hypocrites. I will say, I'll say this as I close this down. A faithful father will present, will be present in the life of his children. But not only be present in the life of his children, but he will praise them, he will instruct them, he will discipline them, and he will encourage them. And ultimately, he will love them. Brethren, as we close this down, faithful fathers need to, are, are crucial to the building up of the church. Faithful fathers are crucial to the building up of the home. And we have 18 and a half million homes in this country that are fatherless, that are single-parent homes. And we're seeing the destruction of the home in this nation. We're seeing the destruction of the church in this nation because we've allowed worldliness to be more important than godliness. We are to seek first the kingdom of God, and God will add unto us all that we have need of. But we need, to, make, uh, we need to, uh, to prioritize our faith. We need to set a spiritual agenda and stop allowing the world to dictate what comes first. Brothers and sisters, if you're hearing this message today, and if you're a father here today, and you're not living up to what you know the standard that God has set forth, talk to your elders. Talk to myself. Let us see if we can help you some way, somehow. Because I'm here to tell you, if you're not doing these things today, it's okay because you can change. Because Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2 tells us we are to renew our mind. We are to transform our minds and that we can become like Christ. That we are to strive to uh, continue to add to our Christian walk the fruit of the Spirit. Faith, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Brethren, if you need help today with your marriages, with your children, with being a faithful man of God... Please talk to your elders. Please talk to me. Let us help you in any way that we can. But if you're not a child of God and you're hearing this message today and your desire has been to become a child of God, you can come forward this morning. You can be baptized for the remission of your sins. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and God himself adds you to the church. Come forward as we stand and sing the Song of Invitation.